I'm going to play that back to some of my friends. They're going to hate me for it. It's going to be perfect. You should just send them that singular sound clip. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, perfect. <clears throat> All right. So, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Fast Pass, the history podcast in close to 30 minutes or less. Thank you for tuning in. Again, as always, I'm Jason. And I'm Megan. And today we are continuing our month of interesting assassinations. We're talking about the Black Hand and the death of Archduke Franz Ferdinand. We went from the assassination of the American president probably by the CIA, what's up, to the assassination of the Archduke to the Austria-Hungary Empire. Fun fact, I'm actually a third-generation Hungarian immigrant. My grandfather left Hungary during World War II to come fight for the U.S. to gain citizenship. Pretty cool, unlike the death of uh, old Franz Ferdinand here. Yeah, just like the last episode, we're going to do this in a timeline format of the events to make sure things are a bit easier to follow along. But before we start on the timeline, we have to talk about the two major players in the assassination. Archduke Franz Ferdinand, and the Black Hand. I love the name, the Black Hand. It sounds ominous, but also like a pretty hardcore rock band. Like if someone was like, the Black Hand is coming, I would probably be like, hell yeah, free concert, and get really excited. I mean, it kind of reminds me of the Black Plague. (laughs) Like it's like some lingo for the Black Plague. Watch out. He has the Black Hand! (laughs) (laughs) Let's start by looking at the Archduke himself to give a little backstory on his life so we know about him before he died. Hmm. What made him tick? Well, I'm going to say that whenever you Google his name and look for credible articles, they all relate to his assassination. Imagine you are the heir to an empire and all history reminds you for is getting shot. Tragic. (laughs) However, I did find an article from PBS that discusses eight things that you didn't know about Franz Ferdinand. And considering all he ever knew was that he got shot and started World War I, it pretty much intrigued me. So PBS says that he had bad lungs because he suffered from bouts with tuberculosis when he was in his 20s and early 30s bouts, meaning like several cases of this disease, which can kill you, by the way. But Hmm. my man survived. (laughs) Okay. And because of his weak lungs, he traveled all over the world for medical treatment. Bad side of having bad lungs? Your own uncle doesn't believe you'll live long enough to acquire the throne. Which he doesn't because he gets um, kind of assassinated. Hate when that stops things, you know? Yeah. He also is a big hunter. Like, he murdered 300,000 animals for sport, which is a little psychotic. I think, at least. Very, very psychotic. He likes killing things way too much. His personal record was 2,140 animals in a day. A single day. Again, I think, maybe a lot psychotic. Mm -hmm. He wrote about killing a tiger in India, quote, I cannot describe my joy. Maybe I'm a little biased because I can't understand how killing animals with guns that they can't defend themselves from is fun or something to brag about, but... I mean, I would understand if he was killing for food, but to kill... 2,000 plus animals for sport? I, Yeah, no, he deserved that tuberculosis. <laughs> Every time. Oh my god. So, I mean, please explain to me, what are you going to do with 300,000 trophies? His uncle, Emperor Franz Joseph, described his hunting as, quote, mass murder. He decorated his house with uh, 100,000 of those 300,000 kills as trophies. Um, and people said that you had to be careful when walking around that you didn't get impaled by horns. Whose mans is this? Please, not. please come get your mans. Get your mans. Also, not having to do with the eight facts on him, but if you look up a picture of him, he literally looks like one of those old-timey ghosts that haunts a large estate and, like, fucks with people in their sleep. Mm. He looks so creepy. Okay, back to the eight facts. His wife, Countess Sophia Krotek of Bohemia, was deemed unsuitable for marriage. Since she was just below his status of princess, she was too low to marry uh, a one-day emperor, 
but Franz loved her and contacted the Pope for help in securing their marriage. His uncle didn't even attend a wedding, which made Ferdinand feel kind of upset. There was one big stipulation to their marriage, though, which was that Sophie could gain no royal rank and their children were all stripped of their rights to the throne. She couldn't attend events by his side and she couldn't be buried with him in Vienna. True love conquers all. Except for, except for politics. I mean, it looks like why... I guess it explains why they look like they're dead in every picture they take. I mean, their love was shot down in public, so I might as well just paint that. <laughs> Another thing about our Archduke... He wanted to rock the metaphorical boat, and nobody liked that. He was headstrong, stubborn, and outspoken. He wanted to modernize the, quote, archaic rules that were slowly killing the empire. Basically, the Bernie Sanders of the 1800s. He also had a passion for roses, which doesn't surprise me, since the most masculine thing to do throughout history was to own a garden, be obsessed with flowers and planting, and show off said garden to one another. Hmm. I mean, there used to be a black market trade for seeds. It was a crazy time. And now they mark gardening as feminine. How the world has changed. So he was an 1800s Bernie Sanders who loved outside of his social level and loved gardening. I mean, aside from the whole mass murder of, like, animals thing, he seems like a pretty decent guy. Yeah, I mean, he was for universal suffrage. Solid. That excluded women. Never mind. <laughs> he, was, uh, all, he was all for men having the right to vote. He was also considered a family man. He had three children, none of whom would get the throne, obviously, with Sophie. They were Maximilian, born in 1902, Ernest, born in 1904, and Sophie, born in 1901. I think it's really interesting that on websites, the woman who was born first was, like, last in the list. Mm. That's just me. He also said uh, to show very little warmth for anyone that was not his immediate family. Here is an excerpt from a letter he wrote. Quote, by far the cleverest thing I ever did in my life was to marry my Sophie. She is everything to me. My wife, my doctor, my advisor. In a word, my whole happiness. And then our children. They are my whole pride and joy. I sit with them all day long in amazement that I can love them so much. And then the evenings at home when I smoke my cigar and read my papers. Sophie knits and the children tumble about, knocking things off the tables. It's all so cozy and precious. Unquote. In fact, when they were both shot, his last words were, quote, Sophie, don't die. Stay alive for the children. Okay, I mean, he's not the worst guy. I mean, he's pretty forward thinking for the 1800s, so good for him. And he cared about his wife and kids, but now he's very dead. Uh, not very cash money of you. Also, <laughs> oh why, are you, why are you smoking cigars if you had many bouts of tuberculosis? <laughs> you're you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot there, friendo, but... Uh, all, all you. All you. You do you. I guess, you know, like, you survive that long, that many bouts of tuberculosis, you're like, the world can't kill me. And then guess what? It, it does. It does. <laughs> and uh, the last thing, which brings us into the Jason portion of this episode, the Black Hand. It is said that he could have avoided the assassination altogether. He had been getting death threats from the Serbian terrorist group and had intel that told him they were planning the assassination that very day when he visited Sarajevo. Also... Franz Ferdinand hated Serbians. He called them, quote, pigs, murderers, and scoundrels. Cool guy. Hmm. His own wife begged him not to go, but he went anyway because he said death was better than humiliation, which, I mean, it's because of him that World War I started, so maybe might have wanted to go with that humiliation instead. I mean, it would have saved all of us so much time, effort, and bloodshed, but whatever. Let's get back to the Black Hand themselves. I'm going to give you a bit of a backstory. In 1699, the Ottoman Empire held control of quite a large expanse of Eastern Europe, the Middle East, and the northern coast of Africa. 
It also held control of the Balkans. However, the Ottomans got into a fight with the Russians, and by 1878, four countries are granted their independence from the Ottomans. But Bosnia is not one of them. It is now under Austro-Hungary control, but theoretically it still belongs to the Ottomans. I, I'm, I'm confused, so don't worry if you're confused too. Uh, so the large Serbian Slavic population of Bosnia is pissed by this move. And Serbia has just decided they want to annex Bosnia. But in 1908, because of the revolution in the Turkish Ottoman Empire, the Austrians annex Bosnia first. Serbia gets upset, goes to brother Russia for support, and Russia's just like, look, I believe in you. Get out of my room. So upon hearing Russia might get involved, Germany just like swoops in and says if Russia wants to throw hands, Germany's hopping in and just going to stand by uh, Austria's side, which is a problem. It sounds so first grade to me, like... Yeah, buddy, I got you no matter what. War? Sure, man, because we're friends. BFFLs. Loves of lives. Real friends go to war with each other. Exactly. So, this leads us to 1911, where Colonel Dragutin Dmitrievich forms the Black Hand, a secret society of Serbian nationalists whose goal is to bring countries with large Serbian minorities under Serbian control. A.K.A. a bunch of terrorists. It's pretty simple. (laughs) So this is a man who in 1903 organized the assassination of Alexander I, the leader of Serbia who supported the Austro-Hungary group. But uh, this new group doesn't start it off with a great track record, and they failed to kill Emperor Emperor Franz Joseph of Austro-Hungary in 1911. Get wrecked. But like, also they did end up murdering someone, but still get wrecked. They failed at killing Ferdinand's uncle. Mm -hmm. That would have solved all of his problems. Like, if he was gone, Sophie would have been able to take the throne. Their children would have been able to take the throne. Mm Mm-hmm. I wonder, I wonder if he, like, could have paid the Black Hand to kill his uncle and they just, like, failed. Like, I mean, it could have been, could have been a wild conspiracy. All of his life would have been better without his uncle. Maybe. Maybe it would have. But in 1912, the Balkan countries, including Serbia, team up to fight the remaining Ottomans in the area. And they succeed in pushing them out quite a ways. Uh, one guy who wanted to fight, however, was Gavril- Gavrilo Princip. He'll be useful later. Um, he was turned down from serving because... He might have tuberculosis. Wow. Now, the Balkan coalition is squabbling over splitting up the, uh, up the land, and by the end of it, Serbia doubles in size, much to the distaste of Austria. Seeing this as a victory, Dmitrievich decides to assassinate General Oskar Potiorik, the governor of Bosnia. However, they don't succeed in killing the man, bringing their successful ratio to uh, 0 for 3. One, 1 for 3? 1 for 3. Well, yeah, they end up killing Ferdinand, so yeah, that's 1 yeah. for 3. So, uh, no big deal. How bad are they to consistently fail, though? Pretty bad. Some secret organization they are. Only Mm. like a 50% survival rate. Yeah. Leading up to the actual assassination day. It is June 23rd, 1914. He and his wife departed that morning from their estate in Bosnia. What? Her... Herzegovina. How can you just pronounce things so... I'm really good at making shit up. Wow. Okay, great. (laughs) Herzegovina. God damn it, you say it. Bosnia-Herzegovina. Thank you. Again, <laughs> he knew about the dangers. He said, quote, Our journey starts with an extremely promising omen uh, when the axles on his car overheated. Quote, Here our car burns. There they will throw bombs at us. Unquote. He doesn't seem worried, even though he literally calls it. But, I mean, with, with odds of like 50%, there, there's a chance he could make it. Honestly, this is how badass I aspire to be, to care so 
little that I joke about knowing that people are going to try to kill me and going anyway. Yeah, it's pretty badass. Yeah. It's, it's very festive of him. <laughs> so he arrives at a spa nearby and spends two days going to military exercises while Sophie visited schools and orphanages. Hmm. Uh, one day they even decided to go to a bazaar together and they were greeted with warmth from the community. People liked them. I mean, only because the black hand wasn't there. I mean, and then, and then it's like, maybe some people don't like them. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. And then on the morning of June 28th, Franz Ferdinand sent his eldest son a telegraph congratulating him on his exam results, which is just so sweet. Mm -hmm. Then they boarded the train to Sarajevo. Dun, dun, dun. Thank you. They got off and walked together, which is super interesting because Sophie was not usually able to walk next to him mm -hmm. for a military inspection. And then they got in. Wait for it. An open-top motorcade. Where have we heard this before? Um, I feel like we've heard this. Uh, I think it was JFK. Uh, two assassinations, two episodes, two open-top motorcades, and two people dying. There's, there's, there's a pattern here. Yeah, it's like the most effective way to assassinate world leaders. Just get them in an open-top motorcade. Is that why it's not done anymore? Did we finally figure out the pattern? We're learning. Oh, wow. <laughs> History repeats itself just enough times for people to realize, maybe this will get me killed. Maybe. If only we learned more from history. Yeah. So, the car they were in was supposed to hold six specially trained officers, but instead it held one trained officer and just three local policemen. Such a G that he doesn't even care that he doesn't have the right security. My fucking guy. It's said that throughout the trip, Austria-Hungary officials were more concerned about dinner menus than their security detail. Literally could not find a damn to give. Enter the Black Hand. Ready and willing to kill. Seven Bosnians fanned out along Apple Quay, the main avenue of Sarajevo, that ran parallel to the, uh... Miljaka? The, the Miljaka River. Ooh, Thank you. wow. Ooh. <laughs> so the motorcade route is published in advance. Ah, their first mistake. It's like they put a target on themselves like, hey, you want to kill me? Here's my exact location. Want to make it easier? I'm going to be in an open-top motorcade. My head, open for shooting. Mm-hmm. JFK definitely should have learned from Franz's mistakes. Should have. But eh. then again, he didn't and died the same way. Motorcades. <laughs> worst way to appeal to the public. Don't trust a convertible car. <laughs> <laughs> so now the Black Hand just took... They took themselves very seriously. But they weren't exactly great at the whole assassinating the Emperor thing. The first guy just punked out and just let the car pass unharmed. That's a mood, honestly. And then when the motorcade passed by the second member, Kabrinovich, uh, he asked which car carried the Archduke. And then he hurled his bomb at the car <laughs> just to watch it bounce off the folded up roof and roll underneath the wrong vehicle. <laughs> did they not like have like moving target practice? For, like, did they not train for this? Did they even train like at all? Like, Imagine him writing know. a letter to his wife being like, yes, honey, I tried to kill the bad man today, but I can't aim for shit. I messed up real bad and now I'm in jail. Tell Timmy daddy loves him. Viva la revolucion. So, <laughs> viva la revolucion. <laughs> so the explosion wounded two army officers and a bunch of bystanders, but the Archduke and his wife weren't harmed Such at a all. failure. I know. So this dude realizes he's screwed so he swallows a cyanide pill and just jumps he just throws himself into the river <laughs> however oh, no. he took expired cyanide which didn't kill him Solid. and um the river was uh too shallow for him to drown Solid. so he survived and was promptly arrested oh my god he is quoted saying 
I am a Serbian hero. <laughs> so if you ever wanted to know if poison, when it expires, does it become more deadly? It, it doesn't. It becomes less deadly. We have a lot of revolution. Uh, also, <laughs> also, two of the other seven people got the chance to kill Archduke, but they lost the nerve to attempt the assassination. One guy screws up, and all of a sudden they're like, hmm, maybe this is a bad idea. Ferdinand was a boss, though. Like, instead of fleeing like any sane person would have done, he kept freaking going. Mm-hmm. He made it to City Hall. Then after he finished the event, he still didn't get to safety. He decided to visit his wounded officers in the hospital. But they did take one precaution when going to the hospital. They went really freaking fast. Nobody can kill me. I'm Sonic the Hedgehog. I mean, (laughs) he went really fast by mistake. Because the drivers didn't speak the same language as Franz Ferdinand. They went down the wrong street where uh, this guy who we mentioned earlier, Gavrilo Princip, was standing. Just sipping a drink, eating a sandwich. And the driver's just trying to reverse down a narrow road. But uh, Princip got to them first. He's just thinking, "Eh, yeah, I might as well murder Ferdinand. And then just shot him point blank twice hitting him in the neck and then also hitting sophie in the stomach both of them died minutes after the shooting his last words again being sophie sophie don't die stay alive for our children he literally could have avoided his own death by i don't know just getting to safety yeah uh pretty much but also like princey tried to take a cyanide pill like the other guy did and it also didn't work where are they getting their cyanide from some really, <laughs> like, some really poor bastard out there is just selling the worst cyanide like pills cyanide. ever. So, Princip's cyanide pill didn't work, and then he tried to shoot himself with the same pistol that he used to kill uh, Franz and Sophie. The gun jammed, <laughs> and he was taken into custody. Mood, mood. So, Princip was 19 years old, and he admitted to killing Ferdinand, but said he didn't mean to hit Sophie. So, three weeks too young to receive the death penalty he's sent to prison for 20 years but then he ends up dying in 1918 from wait for it tuberculosis tuberculosis. (laughs) it's like the ghost of ferdinand came back to give him the disease that could not kill him exactly so in a trial in 1917 dmitrievich and two others are executed and 200 are imprisoned bringing an end to the black hand and the rest is history if you have any requests for our next episode, you can request them via our Twitter uh, at FastPast1 or at our email, which is FastPassPodcast at gmail.com. If you also want to follow me, I have a makeup YouTube and uh, Instagram at makeup by underscore Meg T. And if you want to hear more from me, I am doing a video game podcast with my friend Mark Zebro. Check us out at Inside the Gamer's Stronghold on uh, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Dang. Uh, also, next week is our assassination of Rafael Trujillo. And let me tell you, he's a bad dude. Very bad dude. Thank you guys for tuning in. Bye-bye. <laughs>